Guys, huge honour for me. Episode 5 of the Humanity Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm fe- featuring Clarky Jr. I mean, uh, Killian Clark. <laughs> uh, Hello. This, this guy's a little bollocks. He's uh, one of the up-and-coming juvenile competitors. And he's also fucking really a mature bastard. So, just a little tidbit. As you get at my age. Say what? As you get at my age. Um, we're all immature. Uh, I can't fault you. Sure, dude. You may be a child, but I have the mental maturity of a child to take that. Yeah. You did get beaten yeah. up child the first time you ever saw me. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. I've mentioned this in the podcast a few times. For anyone, like, uh, see, I went to this one gym and there was a 15-year-old who uh, tapped me out like 13 times. It was uh, this motherfucker. Yep, that's me. <laughs> uh, so, dude. He was going to uh, put me on episode 12, but I don't think the show's going to make it that long. So. Oh, well, maybe you just got pushed up because of popular demand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm dude, sure. like... Very popular. Nah, no joke. See, I put... You know, when I keep putting the things on Instagram asking who you want next, uh, you've... Uh, come up a few times so i bumped you up ah lovely yeah no don't just don't get a big head over it <laughs> oh too late i was like posing in the mirror because i was just so overjoyed it was amazing <laughs> yeah, on my instagram bio now it just says public figure <laughs> <laughs> of course it does Oh, God. Okay, man, um, do you want to say to everyone where you train, where you're from, in case someone wants to go and kick your ass sometime, which uh, is no small feat. It's uh, not easy. Good luck to them. Uh, yeah, I train in Dublin 15 in a, a lovely Marcelo Garcia affiliate gym named Royal Grappling Academy with the two black belt coaches, Paul Fox and, and Roger Dardis. Now, guys, like I said in the last episode, I've been there five fucking times. Great gym, highly recommend it. Great, you just have great people there all around. So if you have a fucking chance, if you're in Dublin, go fucking train there. Don't be a bitch, go train there. <laughs> uh, but, um, Jonah, see, you started when you were like 10 years old or something. Is that right? I started when I was nine. So, yeah, that, that was good. I was a bit of a wimpy child, uh, <laughs> to say the least. I'm still a bit of a wimp. But, yeah, so, like, I was all, I was a big fan of the UFC, and my dad was like, right, we'll get you into something. And jiu-jitsu was literally just down the road in a place called Satori. So, yeah, I've been there once for grassroots. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in a school, actually, in the school hall. It wasn't the place that they're in now. Shit, it was just like about nine jigsaw mats, I'd say. And nine jigsaw mats. Yeah, and like it wasn't really jujitsu at the time. It was a kids program, so uh, you're working your hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. Okay. So I was doing that for about I'd say eight months, hmm. and then I, uh, my dad's friend, uh, Rosso Shockensy. Uh, was training in Royal Grappling Academy and he was like oh why don't you come down because they were starting a kids class mm. and I was like yeah that'd be cool so I popped down and like I didn't know how to do uh, 
you know when you skip from one side to the other mm. i didn't know how to do that i was falling over myself when we were doing that like oh. <laughs> uh dude some some used to hand eye coordination done you were you not paying attention for those eight months no probably not <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad got to the point where he was just like right which uh gym do you want to do because like you can't really train at two gyms at once that's a lot of bloody money mm. so i was like yeah i really like a uh, royal grattan academy and then i kept on training and then now i'm here mm. uh all worked out in the end brah ah yeah so dude like um how long like i'm curious about this like what was the, the sort of age you were when you got like did they have gray and white belts when you were coming up or did you just get like a gray belt what was the uh, like there was always such thing as like gray and white belt to gray belt but uh i completely skipped gray belt too good for that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like there was another kid at the time who wasn't like paying as much attention in class like there was only three of us training mm. in this class so like me and the other guy got a yellow belt while he got a gray belt it was just more of Right, I want to promote all his, but I can't put you all in the same belt. Yeah, I suppose then, that makes sense. I went on to an orange belt, and I actually went on to an orange and black belt, and then I went on to a green belt. Dude, it's fucking, it's handy out. Like, uh, so you you got your, what's the deal with, like, this one thing is kind of, because some gyms do it different. Like some do it when you turn 16. Some do it like the year you turn 16, you get your blue belts. Like how did it work for you? Uh, it was the year I turned 16. So I was only 15, about three weeks. And then I got my blue belt. Because mm. I'm born late December. So ah, okay. Uh, yeah. So most, some gyms do it when you're 16. But that's not how IBJJF sees it. Like um say if i'm 15 and i'm turning 16 that year the ibjjf will have me under juvenile okay yeah so that, that makes sense yeah, I, so I, that most gyms to do that hmm. and then what was, do you remember back to when you started like what was like the biggest hurdle when uh you were first starting off like uh like were you just, you're not picking stuff up or what, something like that um it was being too obsessed with guillotines <laughs> that was my downfall at the start because I always saw it in MMA when it was on the prelims and as soon as the guy shot for a single leg it was just right guillotine and don't let go of it and I was like hold on maybe I could do that <laughs> why not they don't have uh, a they don't have a warning like the WWE saying don't try this at home so why not yeah <laughs> And then, um, do you remember, um, do you have any advice for people, like, when they're first starting, like, uh, sort of things to avoid so they don't, like, you know, um, have a, have a worse time than, uh, being a day one white belt is, usually? Uh, be consistent, as outplayed as that song is, be consistent, because you do see some white belts who are like, oh, my friend who started at the exact same time as me has been doing, like, so much better than me. Right, that's because he's been doing way more classes than you and he's getting mm. into it. Like, if you stay consistent, you'll see the improvements. Like, you'll still get the shit kicked out of you, but you'll definitely see the improvements. 
Nah, dude, like, no excuse for showing, there's like, no substitute, sorry, there's no substitute for showing up and actually coming to fucking train. Some people are like, oh, I train like twice a week, like, well, this dude trains six times a week, so, and you're wondering why he's getting better, so, sort of, have a quick think about that. Yeah, but it depends on the person's job or how their college is working, like. Mm. I mean, I was happy, like, uh, see, the first year of my tra- training I didn't have a job so I trained literally twice a day six, five to six days a week so I was happy with that shit yeah thank god my job is only like two or three times a month so I just have school and jiu-jitsu to worry about uh, lucky motherfucker not not jealous at all <laughs> uh, but, uh, do you remember your first seminar and uh, do you remember what was taught at it my first ever seminar um that was a, my first ever full seminar was Paul Schreiner, when he, uh, the second time he came over to Ireland, and that was, like, just a big crucifix seminar, and that's, like, one of the biggest things in my game today. Uh, you like crucifying people? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, I especially, you know, it's really annoying when people have been crucifixed. They do that little grip on your wrist and, like, sorry, in your hand, and they sort of have it bent weird, and you can't really do shit with it. That's, like, the most annoying fucking thing ever, especially me, because I have a bad wrist. So that's especially yeah, annoying for me. When you try and stiff arm it, and you kind of wrist lock yourself. It's like, oh, Ugh. shit. Uh, will I get wrist locked, or will I get choked? Um, uh, you're weighing, weighing up your options just for a minute. That's what most musicians in jiu-jitsu, if it's a higher belt, they have about six submissions they can get on you, and you don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, what was uh, your most recent uh, seminar before this whole lockdown shit? Um, my most recent seminar was, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but uh, actually it was Paul Schreiner again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. How long ago was this? Is this just a one- this was in September. <laughs> oh, yeah. He comes over to your gaff every year or so, right? Yeah, around every year. Like, we'll always have a Marcelo guy come over for a camp. Uh, I guess that's a huge honor, is it not? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I remember last year. So, in the summer, we got uh, Tinoco to come over. And he was showing so much shit. Like, it was amazing. I, I was absolutely mind-boggled at the time. I was like... Hold on, what's this? And then in that September, a surprise uh, seminar was Matthias Denise. Like he was like, um, he was supposed to do a seminar in another place, and then he was like, oh shit, there's Marcelo Garcia Filia over here, and he's really good friends with my coach Roger. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that, and he uh, done a really really good seminar for us. Ah, uh, dude. No, nothing more than a nice surprise. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, have you ever learned anything from a seminar? It's become like an integral part of your game. It's just a mainstay. You're like, yeah, uh, that's fucking staying in my game from now on. It's just fucking staying there. Anything that Shriner has taught me. <laughs> what, even little Clarky picked up stuff. He's like, I'm keeping that in forever. Seriously, like, I was, uh, what, 14? No, 13. Uh, my first ever Shriner camp and I've been using his crucifix since like that has stuck with me throughout all my jiu-jitsu game well mm. since that seminar yeah 
Uh, dude, uh, do you remember your first competition? Like, uh, what's like, what belt were you when you first uh, competed? Oh, uh, this is quite the embarrassing story. So, oh, is it Humanity Jitsu exclusive story though? Uh, no, everyone in my gym uh, knows this. So, uh, <laughs> and I say this to every kid from the kids class if they lose in a competition. So, I was a yellow belt, and there wasn't someone in my weight division, so he bumped me up. And I walk on to the side and mat, and then I see this ginger kid towering over me. I was like, oh my God, he's huge. Then I walk onto the mat. I was like, right, I have my game plan. I'm going to single leg him, going to take his back, and I'm going to rear naked choke him. And then he guard pulled on me. I, <laughs> have, I had no clue what a guard pull was at the time. <laughs> I was like, what is this dark magic? Oh, boy. And then he pops up for a triangle on me. I escape the triangle, and then he switches to an armbar. And, like, I lost in 40 seconds. 42 seconds. That's how long I lost in. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, I, can't say, I can't say much. I've had... Way I've had worse, way more embarrassing losses as well, so I can't fucking say much. Like, um, do you have a, do you have any advice for people who just for like a comeback from like a, a embarrassing loss such as that? <laughs> Get back to the gym as soon as you can, because mm. once like you lose in competition, like you're definitely gonna beat yourself up about it. There's no mm. ifs about it. Like especially if it's your first competition and you're a kid like I was. Nah, uh, you know, it's very easy to get fucking discouraged after shit like that happens. Yeah. yeah, like, I remember, like, I was really upset. Like, I was fairly young at the time, and I was crying. I was like, oh, my God, my, my jiu-jitsu career is over. <laughs> you called it a career already at that point. <laughs> it was the only thing I with me life. But, like, mm. I remember it was just after Easter, and I just sat watching telly eating my easter egg and crying <laughs> and that, that's quite a that's quite a picture you're painting and then my dad says to me like you don't have to go back to jiu-jitsu if you don't want it and i was like oh no i'm going back on monday this is just my day to cry <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and i'll always remember as soon as i walked into the gym roger was there and, like that was when we had like a two-story thing for our gym and Roger was at the front desk and he just shook me hand straight away and said well done I was like yeah losses don't really mean shit mm. I was like yeah you know it's not like the Champions League final like it's not gonna matter that much yeah and then I tried no, one, no one's really gonna give a shit if some random kid loses a match like Oh man, I came here to see good jiu-jitsu and that fucking yellow belt lost in 40 seconds. What a rip-off. Like, yeah, it's free to get in, motherfucker. What the yellow belt my day. Like, whoa, whoa. I came here for yellow belt absolutes. This is fucking bullshit, man. What the hell? This is, you call this entertaining? <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> you want me, son. Ah, dude, man. Um, man. Jeff, great story. Any cool, cool fucking wins you had? Any cool wins I had? Um, yeah, I have a cool kind of win that I had. So it was a win in seventeen seconds. I'm pretty sure, right? 
Mm-hmm. So this kid tries to double leg on me. I'm an orange belt at the time, and I gil- and I guillotined the shit out of him. Like, Mexico <laughs> would cry. It was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes! Like, I was so happy. And then the ref is like, right, that's an illegal submission for kids. I was like, what? Hold on. What's this shit? Fucking hell, are you fucking serious? Yeah, and then, uh, like... I say about five ma- uh, five refs rushed onto the mat and they were like, oh, it's a disqualification. No, we get two penalty points. Like, these are all bickering. And I went to my dad, you told me you could get it. You can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> So then, like, the head ref comes over and he's like, right, it's uh, two, two whatever, like, negative points or whatever. Mm. Two um, like penalties or what's yeah the, two penalty penalties points. and the match restarted. Ah okay. Uh, well, so like, no no harm done. Nope. And then I submitted a minute later. <laughs> okay. So that was cool. What you, you get him with the the second time? I caught him with Kamora. Aha. There's no bullshit saying oh that's illegal like it is not your fucking balance. Ah uh, here some uh, jujitsu parents could come up with that, but um. Another very cool win that I had was uh so after that exact same competition, right? Mm-hmm. After my division, uh the fellow who was in charge of the competition was like, Do you wanna fight again? Because this kid has no one in the division, two divisions above you, right? Oh boy. And I got slammed in my final. Like I really thought a rib was broken. Ugh. So I go in to the final. Uh, to uh, the next match after my division and I lose by an advantage oh, I, was, I was like right I won my division I'm happy like I don't care and then in the last competition that I did the Emerald Cup I was doing like my little warm up on the side of the mat right before I went out I looked to the side and I was like that's that fucker who beat me <laughs> Oh boy, you what? You're gonna get your own back in him, weren't you? Yeah, I bow and arrowed him in 50 seconds. Hey, was that the same dude that slammed you, or was that just uh, another guy? Uh no, it was the guy who I fought in the division above me. So like, the in my division, I got slammed in the final. Like I fought him a few times, but I haven't seen him in ages. Mm. So it was the guy who beat me in the heavier division. Alright. Yeah, do you have a favorite submission? Ooh, what rule set are we talking about? <laughs> Any just like your favorite rule set in, in your favorite uh submission in general, just Oh yeah, how about IBJF rule set? Alright, IBJF rule set has to be a crucifix armor. Definitely. Oh boy. The amount of people that's that just, don't that's a fucking tricky one, man. That's fucking brutal. Yeah, especially because they just keep on twisting their elbow and they're like, right, there's no way you can armbar me until he eventually turns in to the uh, bridge and just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Or if it's uh, EBI real set, definitely Godel inside here, look. Oh, you fucking dirty bastard. Like, I'm absolute shite at heel hooks, but I love... Dude, I can count the amount of times I've heel hooked someone and actually finished them in like one hand. I think it's like... Once or twice. <laughs> oh, I just ankle lock people. I fucking love ankle locks. 
Yeah, but then you get some absolutely crazy mofos that are, just don't tap to straight footlocks. Like, God, dude. <laughs> fucking, like, dude, uh, at, uh, the last grassroots, I didn't want to tap because I love leg locks and I hate, I fucking hate getting tapped out with leg locks. So, like, I left it for a sec and then I like, felt a shift in my foot. I felt like a crunch. I was like, I'm not tapping. And then it spread up my leg and I felt the fucking weird shit in my knee. I'm like, okay, I'll tap now. Yeah. It's fucked up. Okay, guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast I like to call a round of specifics. It's just some rapid fire questions, some of nothing to do with jiu-jitsu and some are jiu-jitsu orientated. So, Clarky, yes. you want to do a round of specifics? Yes, I do. That would be a privilege. <laughs> It'll be a huge honor for you. Huge honor for me, guys. Okay. Guys, he actually fucking reposted one of my memes there like two weeks ago. I always repost your memes. Well, no one gives a shit about you. You're not Bernardo Faria. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I, lo- I love you too. <laughs> okay, so specifics are starting. Uh, a- what was your favorite TV show growing up? Um, I liked uh, whatever Ninja Turtle cartoons were on. Like, it could have been like the old ones that my dad would watch as a kid, or it could have been the new ones that are on the channels at the time. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember the one that was on in like the early two thousands? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I uh, fucking that was the best one. I fuck it. That was the one I grew up with. I fucking loved it so much. Yeah, like some Ninja Turtles cartoons were like amazing. I remember when Nickelodeon done a reboot of the show, and like I didn't like the animation style, but there was a lot of good stories in it. And mm, was, is that the one where like Donatello has like a British tooth sort of gap in his tooth? Yeah. Wanna, oh yeah, that one was. Is that good? Like it was okay, but like I didn't get to watch it much because mm. my little brother was just born at the time, and I never got to control the telly. Ah, uh, boy. I have a similar thing with my older brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. But like, uh, you know, you know, something funny in the original uh, Ninja Turtle cartoon, fucking Uncle Phil voice Shredder. What? Yeah, I shit you not, the guy from Fresh Prince oh of Bel-Air. I, I'm not joking. The guy, the guy who played Uncle Phil voiced Shredder. Man, the only uh, Shredder uh, knowledge I have is in the second Ninja Turtles film, uh, when, Shredder, when Shredder gets the... Uh, what's the mutation he gets, thing? Does he get, get oozed on? Yeah, he got oozed, right? And, <laughs> it's, Kevin, and it's Kevin Nash, the wrestler. That's what? The, no yeah, you, Kevin Nash uh, from the NWO uh, played Mega Shredder. Dude, you know what I don't get about those um, those live action Ninja Turtle movies? So I get this: in the first movie, like they knock Shredder into like a fucking garbage truck and they squash him in that. So that doesn't kill him because he's back in the next movie, almost like he didn't get squashed. Okay, fine, we can believe that. Well, like that's but, what happened in the comic books. In the first ever issue of the Ninja Turtles. That's what happened to Shredder. He got uh, crushed in a trash compactor. Yeah, sorry. But like, um, but get this. Uh, I can accept that, that he somehow didn't get killed by getting squashed in a fucking trash compactor. Fine, whatever. It happens. Happens every day. But like, um, you mean to tell me a superized Shredder who got oozed on gets... Because how does he die in the second movie? Like, he knocks... A bu- the, he's underneath the dock. He knocks, like, a support beam and a bunch of two-by-fours fall on him. What? That's fucking lame. 
Hold on, Stephen... doesn't his hand rise up from the thing at the end, though? But he didn't come back for, for the next movie, and that wasn't that like a post-credit scene? Yeah, it was a post-credit scene, but I wouldn't have wanted Shredder to be in the Turden, because the Turden was probably the worst one out of that trilogy. Like, dude, the third one is fucked up, so get this. Like, uh, uh, there's an April O'Neil, like, locked in a cage, and she sees this fucking samurai dude who's, like, played by the same guy, fucking uh, Casey's played by, who just, it just so happens to be his ancestor, and then yeah. she's a rat, and that just so happens to be Shredder's, and sorry, Splinter's ancestor as well. Like, that's quite the fucking coincidence. Yeah, it's just like, wow, how about... 300 years ago, both of your ancestors were here? Wow. Yeah, they were both in the same fucking prison cell. Coincidence, fuck, in a different, mind you, in a different country. They're in America, that's in fucking Japan. That's, that's quite a coincidence. It's a bit, a bit of a leap. Oh, and also your ancestor looked exactly like you. I don't think that, did they not know how fucking that shit works? No, like, yeah, I'm going on a fucking rant now. Uh, <laughs> A very underrated one is TMNT 2008. It's just an animated movie. It's about an hour and a half long. It has Patrick Stewart in it and all that. Like, uh, it's a great fucking movie. And has Mako playing Splinter. It's like great. That, like, that was my, like, one of my favorite films growing up. I actually doing watched the, the tie-in game for that was actually pretty solid. Oh, yeah. I had that on my DS. That was so good. <laughs> ah, dude, play it on the PS2 like a real man. Man, when I was growing up, I had an Xbox 360, but now I switched to the PS4. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you What are you playing on the PS? What are you playing right now to get you through all this bullshit? I uh, got the Batman Arkham trilogy. Like I completed them all, but uh, I didn't have Arkham City and Arkham Asylum on the PS4. So like, absolute nostalgia trip for like the past two weeks. It's been amazing. Dude, uh, oh, do you know what's really weird? Do you know on like uh, the PS3 version of Arkham City, right? Yeah. So they they released the Game of the Year edition with all the DLC, and the fucking box art for it looks just ridiculous. It has every single quote you can think of just emblazoned across it. Ten out of ten, five stars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's just covering the fuck. It's like overkill. It's fucking. It looks like shit. Uh, here like some video games have absolutely shy covers but they're really really good mm-hmm. ah well the whole book and its cover and its thing but the fucking cover in and of itself is like a bit of art because someone draws it and puts it together so you know it's you can like critique it on its own yeah mm. dude i've been playing middle earth shadow of war because like i'm nmp it's fucking long game, and I love Lord of the Rings. That game's pretty good. And since, like, you can't buy the loot boxes anymore because they're taking that service off, it's a way better game, like, because there's less bullshit in it. Yeah, there's less. Hold on, pay five euro to get the next chapter of the game. Mm. And not, not, not that sort of thing, just gear and, like, you see you have an army of orcs and shit, like, better, better orcs and shit. Oh, yeah, like typical EA shit? Yeah, exactly. It is EA shit. Oh, like, is it EA? Yeah, it's, it's well, EA published it and like uh, Monolith uh, made it. Like, so EA published it, but they, like when they're getting people to make games, they're like, they just say, yeah, you have to include microtransactions, all that shit. Like, dare to, or else, you know, we won't publish your game. That's just mm. their, that's just their thing. 
But I don't want to spoil the game for anyone, but the way they tie it into the movies, just the franchise in general, is really good, in my opinion. Or unless you want the spoilers, I don't give a shit. No, let's let's not spoil anything. I don't want uh, your channel getting deleted for spoilers or anything. Oh, uh, dude, <laughs> speaking of spoilers, The Last of Us 2. Oh, 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 oh no. Like, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not I buying that fucking game. I the other day, and I was so upset. Well, you saw the leaks as well? Yeah. I was like, no. Like, The Last of Us, the first one, is my favorite game ever. Dude, it's a masterpiece. Like, I love to complain about everything and see the faults and everything. I can't, I can't find any faults in the game. Except for one thing, the multiplayer is a bit tacked on, but that doesn't take away from the single player, so I don't really consider that, like, a, a, a fucking problem. Just don't play the multiplayer, then. Yeah, like... I was so disappointed because I was going to pre-order that. I was like, oh, I'm going to pre-order this, get it. As soon as it comes out, I am going to be so happy. And then oh, I saw sh- one star review on uh, your story, and I was like, no, please tell me it's not true. <laughs> you're, you're like uh, Luke Skywalker in episode five. It's like, that's not true. That's impossible. No. Uh, look. I actually heard all the backstory about why the game's a piece of shit. Like, the, the guy they have as the creative uh, creative producer or something, he's like a massive fucking SJW, and like he's friends with Nita Sarkis and all them, so that kind of explains it. Here, like, a lot of that is ruining media today. Uh, dude, like, here's the thing. Here's just why a huge failure from anyone who, like, caters to that, to put that shit into their game. Like they put fucking uh, what's it, black midget trannies in their games. They the sort of people who are saying I d- I want that stuff in games and all that. They don't buy video games. So and the people you're alienating by including that shit do buy them. So why are you alienating your audience like that for people who aren't even going to buy your game? It's just fucking stupid. Yeah, it's just like some people really want representation, even though they get a lot of it yeah like they get they get it like it's not like i know look see here's the thing if you want shit to cater to you how about you just go and make your own, own fucking thing that's just yeah. my my opinion really if you want a game about black tranny midgets make it yourself <clears throat> and if it's good it's good and if it's bad it's bad but don't yep. make other people change their shit to comment at you like that's the height of fucking arrogance my opinion just fuck right off yeah. <laughs> it's just becoming a fucking uh, uh <laughs> let's just move on before it's become before i get like uh that's it before i get cancelled or something yeah that's what i was about to say to you because i was like oh shit this could end bad <laughs> <laughs> sure man uh this is a, a jiu-jitsu podcast it's a, about a it's a it's a podcast about a niche sport in a tiny country i doubt anyone's gonna fucking give a shit all right, back to the jiu-jitsu we go then. Okay. Um, who's the most famous person, whether it be a jiu-jitsu person or just a regular celebrity that you've met? Does a call with them count? Say what? Does a, a video call with them count? Yeah, sure. Then it's 100% Marcelo Garcia. Oh, my God. Guys. <laughs> what about... uh? Jeez, man. Actually, it. I met Conor McGregor before. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor. Let's go meet him. Yeah, that was at um, his Aldo press conferences. So, like, 
I had a McGregor t-shirt on and I sprinted to the front right at the barricade. And I was like, God, I'm sorry, the t-shirt. <laughs> like, this, this is like one year into jiu-jitsu me who thought Connor was a god. Oh, God. <laughs> so... Uh. He signed my T-shirt, and it's still in my room somewhere, buried beneath loads of stuff. Oh, dude, you gotta get that fucking framed, man. Come on. He's not sponsored by D by Detron anymore, so probably not. Uh, yeah. uh, fair enough. Uh, what about like regular celebrity, like who has nothing to do with like uh, jujitsu or fighting or anything? I don't think I ever have, <laughs> to be honest. Um. <laughs> No, I haven't. Uh, no. <laughs> you fucking normie. <laughs> uh, dude, do you have a, a favourite grappling match? Just one you love watching? Just favourite one in general? Gary Tonin against Takenio. Like, that is an amazing match to watch. Mm. Uh, dude, yesterday's guest said it was a Gary Tonin match as well, so I'm, I'm noticing the theme. Yeah, Gary Tonin is just very, very exciting to watch. Dude, I just loved his get-up at ADCC when he had all the, the American gear on and his hair dyed like fucking... He looked like uh, Colonel Sanders. Or like, uh, what's it, Uncle Sam or was it... I can't remember the fucking motif he was going for. It was one of them, yeah. but uh, he should have got sponsored by KFC and dyed his hair white. That would have been amazing. Uh, dude, like there isn't... There's like a shoulder lock called the chicken wing. You should have tried to get people with that. I'm pretty sure that's from WWE there, Humanzy. Uh, no, he, he could make it work. Oh, yeah, he definitely could. But, uh, Fact. I don't think in his division he could have. Ah, that, that's loser talk. He could do it. <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favourite UFC fight? Oh, this is probably, like, the most basic answer, but probably Robbie Lawler against Rory McDonald too. Wait, that's the tutorial fight in UFC too, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a good like, one I, I like that if you ever have like a friend who's like oh MMA is gay oh, why are they hugging each other that's that's the fight you show them well dude like uh, it's it's weird the sort of argument people are like oh MMA is gay people just, just beat each other up and grappling each other grappling sweaty men and then there's other people who don't even like the grappling they're like stand them up fucking pussies just have them punch your hair like just the ignorance like, of people astounds me like I do get it though like especially if you don't know anything about the grappling it's just like this is boring because they don't know anything about it but like seeing as we do jiu-jitsu it's like oh look what he's doing there look what hook he has he's gonna set up this submission whereas a mm. brand new guy will be like okay what does that mean all right uh, well <laughs> they need to get educated in my opinion so fuck them <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have um, any other martial arts you're interested in besides uh, jiu-jitsu? I'd love to do MMA or Muay Thai, but there's no gyms near me. Like, uh, all the gyms around me are either really expensive or it's just not good quality. Ah, uh, okay. I get you. But at least you have good jiu-jitsu around you. Yeah, I've good jiu-jitsu until some fella on the streets uh, stuffs the takedown. Then I'm fucked. <laughs> Ah uh, well, dude, you can just like uh, I don't know, do a Granby roll when do a Granby roll while he's trying to turtle on you. Oh yeah, pull guard, definitely. No, dude, do an Imanari roll and fucking heel hook him in, in the street fight. 
Oh, have you ever seen that video where uh, the guy's on the basketball court and he has him in saddle with the heel in the armpit and he's like, I will break your shit. You will never walk again, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, you have to send me that one. I can't remember that one. I'll definitely send you that. That is the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, dude, you ever see people like take the back in street fights and they cross their fucking ankles? I'm like, oh, no, this is, that is not a good idea. But, like, when you think about it, the common street fighter doesn't know, oh, yeah, he crossed his ankles because he has my back. I'm going to footlock him. Like, and as well, if it's a street fight and he tries to footlock you with his ankles crossed, you can just punch him in the head until he stops. Uh, I'd say just do body triangle. That's a better idea. Yeah. Have you ever gotten footlocked from a body triangle? Uh, well, I loose hook one time and there was a finagly person. This person's like really slippery. Yeah. So, once, no, twice. Yeah. No joke, yeah. I've gotten, uh, yeah, twice I got leg locked from body triangle. Dude, that's a, like a legit escape I seen the Meow Brothers teaching one time. Yeah, because it's, it's fucking sore. It's really like, fucking sore. I remember I tried a body triangle on a really big guy, uh, John Brennan, in my gym. Like, this guy's about six foot four, an absolute behemoth of a man. And I was like, yes, I have his back. Like, I am never able to do anything on that man. And then I body triangle him, and I, he almost breaks me foot with this foot. Like, I was like, oh, your friends. Oh, man. I just, I just prefer, like, open body triangle because... I just can't fucking body triangle anyone. Like, I just can't get get the leg cross and fucking close it. Like, when I only do it with, like skinny people, and then when I'm squeezing, I feel like an asshole. So I just do like open body triangle. That's just that's what I prefer anyway. How nice of you, Humanzy. Yeah, Humanzy the kind, <laughs> or Humanzy the adapter because he can't do this one move, so he's just doing the other one. Uh, man. Do you have a, a favorite period in history? Like, if you had a time machine where's the first place you'd fucking go um for music i'd probably say the 90s definitely you just want to hang out with uh, kurt cobain i probably wouldn't want to hang out with him because he seems like a mad bastard ah come on no like when you see all the documentaries about him it's like jesus christ you like i'd probably want to Actually, I'd stay here right now and hang out with Dave Grohl. That's exactly what I'd do. <laughs> uh, who, where's he from again? What's uh, his shtick? Uh, Foo Fighters. He's the lead singer at Foo Fighters, and he was the drummer in Nirvana. I oh. love that. Oh, well, you can go foo yourself. Uh... <laughs> I, I bet you've heard that pun about a million fucking times, but uh, had to, I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, dude, do you have a favorite philosopher? Um, I don't really, like, I'm not really interested in philosophy. Man, no one fucking philosophizes. I'm, I'm going to get rid of that question because no one fucking answers but, this. Like, whoever I look up to, that's my favorite philosopher. So it would be my coaches or my dad. Aw. Ah, well, fair play to you, Sam. Now, here's the question. I, like, I never ask any. I've only asked one person this. Like, it's a mixed bag. Do you have a... Celebrity crush, whether it be jiu-jitsu or non-jiu-jitsu. Joan Davies is... Oh, what? dude. <laughs> I rolled at her one time and she fucking wrist-locked me. 
No yeah. joke. Um, I, fe- I felt violated afterwards. I've no idea who would be my celebrity crush, though. Mm. Uh, you know, but that's a pretty good... I do. Do you have a? I know the answer to this one already. Oh, one sec, Do you have a favorite gi brand? The one time I don't want people to fucking text me and they do. Fucking. Do you have a favorite gi brand? Very unprofessional, right there. What? This, profe- <laughs> this is professionally unprofessional. I pride myself on doing very little work. If I wasn't on your podcast about my favorite gi brand, it would probably be very hard to submit. But mm. because I'm because I'm on your uh, podcast, I will say uh, I'm not going to compel you to pick a certain brand before you say I know what you're going to say. So yeah, it's definitely uh, Tatami because I'm on the Humanity Jiu Jitsu podcast. Okay, I know that's bullshit. You love Shoy Roll and Manto and all them. I know that's bullshit. Actually, Shoy Roll is great. I have two Shoy Roll uh, gears, and they are both given to me by black belts. So oh, I have yeah. a white pink one that was given to me by Shriner, and I have a black and red one that was given to me by my coach Roger. Hmm. I, I do it. Uh, I had Broin on, and he's sponsored by uh, v, VHDS. So he didn't have any qualms saying that they, they were his favorite one. Like I'm not oh, going to force you to say it's Tammy each time. Oh, you care on Broin? Hook me up with very hard to submit. Come on. Oh, dude, I'll make a, what's it? I'll arrange an, uh, what's it? An introduction. I'll get a, I'll get a word. I'll, I'll, what the fuck am I trying to say? I'm getting all tongue-tied. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. Do you have a, do you prefer gi or no gi? Depends on my mood, really. Like, whatever I'm trying to work on at the moment, that'd be my favorite. Mm. But, Right now, I'd probably say nogi. Aye. Do you have a, but, what's your what's your favorite food, bruh? Um, my favorite food, my mom's spag ball, probably spaghetti bolognese. Hmm. Ah, uh, sure, nothing wrong with that. It's simple and clean. Do you have a favorite music genre? Oh, uh, see, I can get into a load of rock subgenres, <laughs> but. I'll probably leave that. No one wants to really hear about Midwest emo indie uh, math rock. <laughs> what the fuck? I <laughs> uh, do it. Um, that's it. Do you have any hopes for the future? Whether it just be personal goals or just goals for competition? Right, hopes for the future. Um, so definitely uh, triple gold at ADCC. I know it's only possible to get double gold, but triple gold. Hopefully. Uh, they'll make a new division for smart asses. Oh yeah, they definitely will. Um, they will, yeah. Definitely, but uh, I don't know because I'm still young. I'm not gonna be like gonna win the worlds because I'm nowhere near that level yet. Yet. Yeah, yet. But uh, I hope to as soon as I'm finished with college, train with Marcelo for a few years. Dude. Yeah. Say that'd be a tremendous fucking opportunity to get get good get fucking good quickly. Definitely, because like all the lads who have gone over to Marcelo's from my gym has said like, he's such a bloody nice guy. Mm, like there's a fucking reason everyone speaks so fucking highly of him because he's the fucking man. 
Yeah, like no one really talks shit about Marcelo because he's so nice and he's proven how good he is. Like, yeah, like what can you say really against him? He's like, oh, um, he's so good. Uh-huh. Um, uh, his hair or something like that. I don't know. Just like that. But to, if you if they do find people like that, that's just fucking nitpicking at that point, so they can just like fuck right off. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's it. Who inspires you the most? You either be just their work ethic or their mentality? There's a lot of guys in the gym like that inspire me because they're literally every class, it's right 100%. If you don't go 100%, how fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you softball me? But it's probably my coach, Roger. Because mm. he's always there. Like, uh, guys, I have a, actually have a funny story about Roger. The last time I went to your gym, it's quite comical. See, the day I met him, he uh, sneered me about using lapel guard because, like, uh, he was being brought to our gym for like a seminar that day, and the guy who brought him in is like, "Oh yeah, that's Andrew. He likes lapel guard." And Roger starts sneering. He's like, "Dude, there's no lapels in the street, boy." And then when I roll with him, I said, do not. And then when I roll with him at the Lucas Lecce seminar in February, what does he do? What does he do? He tries playing lapel guard on me. And then, then he need me in the eye, but that's a, that's a separate issue. Don't mind, Roger. He always plays lapel guard. <laughs> Motherfucker. No, it's just, it's just that he smeared me. Uh, I wouldn't say that, humanity. He'll find you. He'll find you. <laughs> I uh, do. I live at the gym, so he knows. He knows where I'm at. Exactly. <laughs> I do what? He'll just drive down three hours. Like, oi, I'll we'll start lapel guard now, motherfucker. I <laughs> uh, do. Uh, what's the most valuable lesson you've learned? What's the most valuable lesson I've learned? In uh, your jiu-jitsu. Life? Jiu-jitsu. Say what? In life or jiu-jitsu? Just a life lesson that you've gained from all your training in, in jiu-jitsu. If something hurts, fucking tap. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my well, knee hurts right now, but I haven't trained. Should I still tap? Yeah, definitely. Ah, okay. Uh, oh, it feels but, a lot better. That's a hard question, Humanity. It's a question that gets you thinking. <laughs> uh, man, I'll have to cut out all the dead air. <laughs> no, but that's a good one if something hurts fucking tap that's uh, yeah. sound advice it's a day, day one advice but like uh, like on the streets on the streets if someone has you in the tight camorra just tap and they'll have to let go like, oh, dude, I, I actually heard a story about that Eli Knight was talking he's like uh, I know this cop dude and he got this and the cop arrested him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, you, you should just be like, okay, okay, you can go. Yeah. Like, you... Motherfucker, you know. <laughs> well, then again, you'd probably get more time put on for a break in the cop's arm, so, all right. Yeah, like, uh, if you're getting caught by the guards and you try and break his arm, you're just asking for it. Like... Yeah. Yeah, dude, like, uh, just just don't, don't act the fucking bollocks. Just, just heel hook the guard instead, like, because, you know, they think leg locks don't work, so fuck them. 
Yeah, a bit of a Vinnie Maga Hayes uh, incident on the streets. Yeah, uh, dude, like, uh, uh, you know, then this, it's actually fuck, that's fucked up. Like, let's see, you, you can actually get done in for, like, protecting yourself if someone's giving you shit in the streets. Like, you know, if someone attacks you and you fucking messed them up with jiu-jitsu. Like, I don't think you should be done in for protecting yourself. Like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, you know, but, like, Especially if there's no video evidence of your kind of facts. <laughs> also, not to mention, if someone starts on you and you break their fucking shoulder, say you put them in a camorra and on a plaid or whatever, that's on them. Like, fuck them. If they didn't want to get their shoulder broken, they shouldn't have fucked with you in the first place. You know, you run, like, you run the risk of that. Say you just, if you start chatting shit or start fucking, um, like, hassling someone, you know, they could fucking know shit and they could fucking mess you up. Like, so you run that risk. So I don't feel sorry for anyone if they've started on anyone, like say, and they get fucked up. I don't feel sorry for them. Yeah, like it's kind of funny seeing that though, especially yeah. when you're with your mates and he does jujitsu as well, mm-hmm. and then some uh, roadman comes up who thinks he's from the hood when he's actually from Blanchardstown. Uh, <laughs> he comes up and starts talking shit. It, you just know where it's going, and it's the funniest thing ever. Mm. Uh, dude it's always so funny when like someone who does like just say someone's like giving you shit in general like whenever my fucking boss would be talking down to me i'd just be thinking man i could actually fucking kill you if i felt like it's uh <laughs> just like i could i could dash the shit out of you motherfucker man i could break every fucking limb you got and there's not a fucking thing you could do about it oh it'd be fucking great if your boss was like i actually am a red belt so sit the fuck down <laughs> Well, he did, he didn't have any cauliflower ears, so I doubt he'd done... Maybe he's a red belt in karate or something. Hold on. Maybe he was that good, he never got choked, so he doesn't have cauliflower. Nah, let me just tell you the caliber of person this guy was. He, like... I, I mentioned this earlier. The sort of person you get in jiu-jitsu, like, um... That's it. There's... It's the... See, he's one of the, like, bigger up, higher up guys at the... At this... The place I was working... So, like, if he, the day, I t- tell you, the day, he'd only come one day jiu-jitsu, and he wouldn't like being humbled, and then he'd fucking stop. Because some people just like that. That's probably the best thing about being a kid in jiu-jitsu. Oh. Yeah. Get these new white belt guys, or these stubborn blue belts, who come up, and it's like, right, I'll take it easy on him, because he seems like he's only young. Then you oh, catch- b- Big mistake. Then you catch him in the submission and he's like, all right, I'll go a bit harder. And then you just whoop him when he's going 100%. And he doesn't come back. Is this just describing our role the first day we met? No, because uh, you're fairly young. I'm talking about like <laughs> these guys who are like mid-30s and they're like, this motherfucker, he thinks he's better than me when I actually am. Well, like... <laughs> You've been training longer than those motherfuckers, so what's like if you can't lose if you if you're not uh, cool at losing to someone who's been training longer than you, then what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, like it's so I say it's so surreal to an older fella who was like, "My age are you? I'm 15." What? <laughs> like the amount of times I've heard that, where it's just, <laughs> "Hold on, what?" You, Wait a you're second. In. Okay, you. In my defense, you had a beard. Yeah. And a right. shaved head, like. What fifteen-year-old okay. has a fucking shaved head, like? 
I don't know. Like, it seems like a trend right now, so you're kind of wrong with that statement. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the time, this was in, like, fucking September or something. Yeah, uh, and as well, like, I don't know what it is. I can just grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Best I can muster is a goatee, so with my shaved head, I look like Heisenberg. I, I've seen it, uh, humanity. Don't, don't try and grow it out, please. <laughs> what, the beard or the hair? Uh, the beard. Grow back the hair as quick as you can. <laughs> oh, fuck you, smartass. <laughs> you fucking smartass. All right, we've reached the last question. Are you prepared for the last question? Yes, I am. But before you do the last question, we need yeah. a drum roll. Oh, one sec. Uh, I can hear. I just had to grab a screwdriver to fucking do that. Who's that? <laughs> the, the most important person in all your jiu-jitsu journey, brah? Definitely has to be my coaches, Roger and Foxy. Definitely. Because they have, like, seen me at my worst and they've seen me at, me, at my best. Like, they've, ba- they've basically been a part of my family for yeah. how many years I've been doing jiu-jitsu. Like, I remember seeing Foxy when he was a purple belt. Like, no, the first time I ever saw him, he was a purple belt. And two weeks later, he came back from New York with a brown belt. So, <laughs> As you do. <laughs> well, like, they've been through me with, like, a lot of personal issues as well. Mm. And, like, they've came to stuff that you think only family would come to. Yeah. And, that's why, like, I believe they're family. And, like, every time I go train, like, they're always nice to me. Like, and I respect them so much because mm. it's like they're the first ever, ever Marcelo Garcia black belts in Europe. Not just Ireland, in bloody Europe. Like, Jeez. Roger, who was training with Marcelo for, what, like 15 years? Like, holy shit. Fucking hell. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, like, and how, like, I know, like, they're getting a bit older and they're getting more injuries. But I, still... I, I, doubt, I doubt they'll like you saying that. I'll, I'll send that clip to them, see how they feel. <laughs> <laughs> but they still show up to training and they're still always there to teach. And mm. they make everyone in the gym feel welcome. Nah. It's like, it's crazy. And... Like, I know I've probably said this about 10 times already, but they're so nice. Like, they're literally, like, oh, my God. I thought, like, when you look at Roger, you think he's just going to be the meanest fucker ever. (laughs) Uh, Besides the sneering about lapel guard, he's always been very nice to me. Seriously, he's so nice. Mm. Like, and they get along with everyone in the gym. Mm. Like, that's why I like my gym so much. Because it's such a friendly, laid-back environment. It's no, oh, if you accidentally hit someone in the head during a roll, you better keep fucking going. The rest not going to ask if you're okay in competition. Like, it's like, right, just be friendly. Don't kill each other. Unless it's competition roll, then fucking swing digs. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, prison like, rules, bitch. Yeah, prison rules. Bye, sir. But, uh, yeah fucking amazing coaches 
Mm. Uh, dude that's one thing they never tell you when you're starting training like i've said this before in the podcast but like they never tell you you're going to become a better person and that you're going to join another have just pretty much another family they don't they don't put that in the fine print they they really should yeah because like when you think about that like everyone's gonna be like that's bullshit but like i have made so many friends out of jiu-jitsu like like, i remember there were kids in my school that like I just didn't talk to, and I was handing out flyers for jiu-jitsu in my school for uh, new teens classes every Wednesday at mm. uh, five o'clock. By the way, um. <laughs> uh, dude, man, uh, literally all my fucking friends are from jiu-jitsu, and funnily enough, see, I help with the beginners class uh, sometimes, and like I- I'd see who's the who whenever the new people are coming in, and so like some fucking people I went to school with are coming in, like. How fucking long have you been training, man? I haven't fucking, cause like, like I haven't fucking seen you in donkey years. Like, uh, funny how that works out. You know that sort yeah. of thing. Like, uh, one like my best friends now are all from jujitsu. Cause like, uh, like they were always in school, but I never really talked to them. We kind of have the different cliques, mm. and I was like one day just handing out flowers. All right, I'll take one. I was like all right grand and then like we found out that we had like a lot in common and now we're just best mates two peas in the pod like wait you you like strangling people too i like oh, strangling people no way oh my god besties like and it's great when you see like a lot of lads who were still doing the adults phases were there before me so i never really got to see their growth mm. but like it's crazy when you see someone right their first day in jiu-jitsu can't do a bloody hip escape and then a year later and they almost catch you in triangles motherfucker how dare they it's absolutely crazy like and before all this like our our team class was starting to grow like where we were only having like three uh kids a week like that was like all right grand we're kind of getting like one-on-one coaching and like before the last class before uh quarantine was 10 people it was amazing mm. that's a pretty that's that's a fair enough size for let's uh to have a decent class 10 people is pretty fucking good yeah like especially for a kids class like a brand new class that we're only starting like mm. i say they were all gutted with the fucking uh thing because that's so annoying like for the people who are just starting especially like those of us who've been doing it for a few years, you know, it's annoying, but we can handle. But all the guys who just started, like, they're going to be, like, fucking brand new when they go back in. It's going to be really shitty for them. Yeah, like, my dad bloody built a stage out my back garden. And we, <laughs> put on it, and we just beat the fuck out of each other every day. It's amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, guys, we've created the Backdoor Polaris Challenge, me and Clarky. Like, yeah. We've that done it, and all the motherfuckers great. we tagged haven't, so what the hell? <laughs> yeah, Alexander Usanov, you told me you'd do it. James <laughs> Toomey, you said you'd do it. Actually, you didn't, but I, I tagged you. Till McGrath, you said you'd do it. Disgraceful. Motherfuckers. And, jo- and John Maltese, uh, a purple belt from my gym, is also a dry shy. I tagged him in it, and he didn't do it. Hey, Jean-Luca, why you not do it, man? Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, so guys that's the the end of the podcast and if you want to give Clarky a follow it's at Clark 
at Clarky underscore junior on Instagram. And uh, do you have anything to say before we end this, brother? I hope this bloody quarantine ends uh, soon so I can see you again, brother. Ah, I want to strangle you too when it's all over. Oh. <laughs>